Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered him, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Well, I think we can all agree that people are the worst. Now, this is Heidi, who's coming up. Thank you. So, last November in Los Angeles, downtown, Heidi was sitting in a car, minding her own business, and this guy walked straight up to her, looked her right in the eye, and then picked up a bucket of steaming hot diarrhea and dumped it right on top of her. (laughs) She... Oh, man, this is what she has to say about the attack. I was soaked, and it was coming off my eyelashes into my eyes. Yeah, not nice. Paramedics who came to treat me said there was so much of it on me that it looked like the man was saving it up for a month. (laughs) Oh, it was all inside my car because it was so much. He just kept pouring it and splattering it all over me. Oh, man, and just to give you a sense of that, I've prepared... um, ah! I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, So, you know what else she says about this attack? She says she forgives the guy. I mean, how do you forgive a guy like that who dumps a whole bucket of diarrhea on you? As if you want to forgive a complete stranger who does that kind of thing. I mean, imagine if you were in that situation, you know, you're just chilling in your car, you're scrolling on TikTok, and some guy comes in, you know, throws a whole pile of diarrhea on you. This isn't something you easily forgive, but she does, apparently. Now, that's obviously pretty hard, but you know what I think is even harder than that? I reckon it's harder to forgive your friends than a complete stranger. Forgiving your Christian brothers and sisters when they hurt you. You know, I grew up in a pretty poor family. I remember back in primary school, my supposed best friend, he would go around making fun of me behind my back for being poor. Um, When I was young as well, my mum and dad split up. My dad had to leave 
I mean, how do you how do you forgive people who hurt you like that? I'm sure a lot of you have experienced that kind of stuff too. It's hard to even want to forgive them. So how are you going to forgive your Christian brothers and sisters when they hurt you? And would you even want to? What kind of Christian family do we want to be? Now tonight, I've got a really simple passage. It's not complicated, but it has massive implications for us. Before I do that, I'm going to pray for us. Father, I just want to ask you to speak to us tonight and help us to listen to you. Please change our lives. Help us be forgiving like you are. Amen. Now, I mentioned those implications, and the big point that I want you to see tonight is that a family of the forgiven should be a forgiving family. If you've got your Bibles, open up to verse 21 of Matthew 18. So verse 21. Okay, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So now, you know, we've got good old Peter here asking the hard questions. You know, how many times do I have to forgive a Christian brother or sister? Back then, they had a, a three strikes and you're out kind of rule. But, you know, Peter here is trying to look way better than that. He wants to try and go the extra mile by suggesting seven times instead of three. He's like... You know, three times? Oh, Jesus, what about seven times? I reckon we should forgive seven times. Now, what's Jesus' response to this? Have a look at verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You know, Peter wants to look good here, but Jesus blows his answer out of the water. You think seven times is enough? Try 77 times. Jesus completely changes the game here. And he goes on to explain with the story. So have a look at verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be, all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. So we've, in this story, we've got a king, right? He's lent out a bunch of money to all his subjects or whatever. And then we, he brings his servant to pay up, to pay back what he's owed. And this servant owes him 10,000 bags of gold. Now, obviously, this servant can't pay for it. You know? And this might be lost on us. But do you want to know how much 10,000 bags of gold is worth in our money today? 10,000 bags of gold is worth $14 billion. This servant owes the king $14 billion. Like, can you imagine someone owing $14 billion? Like, that is so much. This isn't something you can just afterpay and pay it up. I mean, maybe the closest thing you could imagine is if right now you're given an assignment and it's like you've got 20,000 words to do in 20 minutes and you haven't even looked at it. Like, you're screwed. You're totally screwed. Just like that, the servant is screwed as well. He can't pay back that kind of money. And that's, that's why the king orders him to, to pay by selling his, his wife, 
his kid and himself into slavery. But even that won't be able to pay back the king. He has to sell everything. And it's no wonder that the servant collapses. He begs the king to be patient with him. If you were the king, what would you do in that situation? Some guy owes you $14 billion. And he goes, please be patient. I mean, if you were the king, would you be patient? The king, he decides he won't be patient. Instead, he decides to do something insane. He cancels the multi-billion dollar debt. Put yourself in your, that servant's shoes. You were, just to have, you were just about to have to sell your family into slavery. And now you don't owe the king a cent? Like, you're free. That's, that's life-changing. If this happened to you, how, how do you reckon that would change you? Do you reckon you would treat people who owed you money differently? Let's see how the servant acted. Have a look at verse 28. I'll get to it eventually. Did Matthew just disappear from my Bible? There we go. No, it didn't. Uh, Verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his servant silver coins. Just right there, 100 silver coins. uh, It's it's basically 100 days wage. So let's say... Like $20,000, let's say, which is still a decent amount of money. Like, it's not tiny, but it's still nothing compared to the $14 billion that this guy owed. So, does he forgive this small debt? Let's keep reading. So, he owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. I mean, how wrong is this? He clearly doesn't appreciate how much he himself has been forgiven. He's been forgiven a $14 billion debt, but won't even forgive his fellow servant for something way less. Look at verse 32. So some servants see this happen. They tell the the king, and the king calls him in. Verse 32. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. The servant should have forgiven his fellow servant, but instead he's going to be sent to jail to be tortured forever until he pays it back, which, I mean, if you're thinking, that's impossible. You can't... First of all, it's $14 billion. You're not going to be paying that back. Second, he's in jail. You don't make any money in jail. What does that mean? That means he's going to be tortured forever. He can't ever pay that back. I mean, and he deserves it too. This guy's a complete joke. Now, this is just a story, okay? Don't worry. Or is it? Have a look at what Jesus says in verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. God is this king, and you're the servant. This is why he says in verse 23 at the start of the story, the kingdom of God is like, and then tells the story. This story is about us. 
So there's four things that I want you guys to know from this story. The first one is that we are so in debt to God. You can see that from the servant. He owes $14 billion. That's a picture of how in debt we are to God. We're in crippling debt. But where did this debt come from? You know, what is this debt? It goes, it goes all the way back to the beginning, right? Before the Big Bang, God existed. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. They exist in perfect friendship with each other. And from that friendship and love they had, they made everything. They made the earth. They made the animals, the plants. They made you. And he made us to belong to him so that we could enjoy that same friendship with God. But each one of us decided we wouldn't treat him like God. Instead, we chose to become our own God. I mean, think about how much that would hurt God. He made you out of love to have that friendship with you. And you, we turn our backs on him. We betray him. Can you imagine how offensive that would be to God? Have you ever had a friend betray you before? Our hearts don't naturally want God. We're naturally self-focused. And from that misplaced focus, all the bad things we do come from that. We're born this way. You know, babies come out, they come out crying, they come out rude, they come out selfish. You have to teach babies how to be polite in public. You have to teach babies not to snatch. You know, when somebody is acting bad, you say, stop acting like a baby. We learn over time to hide this selfishness and sin and be polite in public. This is what the Bible says our debt is, okay? Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. A wage, what is it? It's something you earn. The wage of sin, what do we earn? It's death. Death is what we earn for betraying God. This is our debt to God. We deserve death, and we're going to pay for it forever, like the servant who was tortured forever in jail. Now, I mean, you might say, what is that? You know, I, don't, I don't feel that sin. I don't feel like a bad person, right? And I mean, sure, maybe you don't feel that sin inside of you, maybe. But imagine your entire life was on Netflix, okay? So like... Every year of your life you've lived, it's an entire season of Netflix, and your internal thoughts are the narration on the series. Everyone in the world has access to seeing every little thing you've done, every little thing you've said in your head. I mean, none of us would want that. (laughs) I, I know I definitely wouldn't want that. Because deep down, we know that humanity has a problem. That problem is sin. That problem is turning away from God making ourselves God, deciding for ourselves what it is to be us. I mean, this is why most of you have probably, probably experienced friends hurting you, like divorce of your parents, war, and like our society is clearly broken. And just like the servant, we can't pay off this debt. It's death. 
You have to die to pay off this debt. We can't fix this problem between us and God. And, you know, doing good things, doing good things doesn't take away this debt either. You know, it doesn't change us inside. It's like, think about it this way. Sin is kind of like the coronavirus, right? So you get sneezed on or, I don't know, you don't buy enough toilet paper rolls or something, you catch the disease, you're infected, right? Some people might get a little sick, some people might get a lot sick, but you're infected, you got the virus inside of you. It doesn't matter how much you try to mask the symptoms, you've got the disease. You can take all the Panadol you want, you can wear as many face masks as you want, you can wear as much makeup as you want, you're going to look like you have a fever, you're going to look sick, okay? Doing good things is like that. The makeup won't change anything. You still have the virus inside of you and it's still going to kill you. Those things won't work. The bad things we do, they're just symptoms of this virus inside of us. Doing good things won't get this virus of sin out. We're stuck. Stuck in our sin and Jesus says, there's nothing we can do to get out of it. But this story is not just bad news. It's actually really, really good news. The reason it's good news is because Jesus forgives the debt. Jesus forgives your debt. You see it in verse 27. Have a look. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. This king cancels the debt. This king is Jesus. The servant asks for forgiveness and he gets it. He just asks. If you ask for it, Jesus will cancel your debt. Can you believe that? We were stuck. We couldn't have done anything to fix this problem between us and God. And we, as it were, we were heading straight to hell. But God had pity on us. He loves us, and so he let this debt go. But how could God forgive betrayal like us? I mean, could you forgive a criminal? Just let him go? How did God forgive our sin? Jesus is telling this story because he is the key. He's the reason that our debt to God has been paid, which is what happened when Jesus died on the cross. The only way to pay off our debt of sin is death. And that's the only right punishment for betraying the God of the universe. But God doesn't want us to die, so Jesus dies instead. Someone had to be punished, and Jesus intentionally went to the cross, got nailed to it, and died for us. Jesus died so that we don't have to. It's kind of like if we have a bank account, uh, and so, you know, your bank account is negative $14 billion. It'll come up on a slide soon. We've got negative $14 billion. Jesus has his bank account. It's as full as it could possibly be. And what Jesus does is he puts his name on our bank account. So he takes our debt. He pays for our debt and puts our name on his bank account. He swaps our names. That's how we become right with God. Jesus obeyed and loved God where we didn't. 
And on the cross is where this swap happened for us. He dies in our place, so the punishment doesn't get paid by us. It gets paid by Jesus. He didn't have to forgive this betrayal of him. I mean, this is a costly forgiveness. It hurt. It's not easy to forgive $14 billion of debt. It wasn't easy for God to forgive our sin. It's through believing this and trusting Jesus that this swap can happen for you. And this, is, this will only happen if you ask for it. That's the only way. Have you asked for it? Now, how happy should we be because of this forgiveness? I mean, we should cry tears of joy because of this. I mean, you're forgiven. You were going to hell, but you're forgiven. We are a forgiven family. There's this song by, I don't know if you know this band, but there's this song by a band called Citizens. It's called Kids. And I swear, every time I listen to the chorus, I start to tear up. This is it. There's nothing better than to know we belong. We've been adopted by the Father of love. Our brother suffered on the cross in our place. We are kids of grace. And when I was writing this out, I was starting to tear up. Like, this is the best news you will ever hear. We're a forgiven family. Because we're a forgiven family, we need to forgive others. Have a look at verse 32. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? The point of this story, after all the hurt we've caused God, he still forgives us. So how on earth can we live our lives without forgiving our Christian brothers and sisters who hurt us? I mean, compared to how much we've hurt God, it's so small. It's hurt still, yes, but it's nothing compared to how much we've hurt God. If you've been forgiven this much, of course you should forgive others. You'd be a hypocrite not to forgive. It should be our joy to forgive others, to treat other people like God treated us. Because a family of the forgiven should be a forgiving family. And if you don't forgive, I mean, you really do have to question whether or not you're in God's family. Maybe you haven't actually been forgiven yourself. yourself. Jesus actually says how dangerous it is to not forgive. Look at verse 33. Sorry, th- uh, 35. So after he chucks, in the ser- chucks the servant into jail to be tortured forever, verse 35 This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Forgive from your heart. Well, that could be you. Don't just, don't forgive others to earn God's forgiveness. That's not how it works. Forgive from your heart because you're already forgiven. He just, he forgives you just by asking. Peter thought it was a matter of just checking forgiveness off a list, you know, doing it seven times. But Jesus says, it's got to be from your heart. You need to genuinely want to forgive and love the person that hurt you. 
Now that's hard. Forgiving someone who hurt you, that's not easy. So how do we forgive? Well, first, right now, I want you to picture someone who's hurt you in your head right now. Now, They might have hurt you really badly, but picture someone. They'll be the ones you're going to be working towards forgiving. Okay, I know a guy who his wife cheated on him with his best friend. And it took him two years before he could actually say that he forgave them. The point of that is to say, this is not always going to be easy. And it's not always going to be quick. This can take a long time if they've hurt you a lot. But first of all, this is just something that Christians do. It doesn't matter how long it's, take, it's going to take. This is just something we do. Maybe it's one of your parents you need to forgive. Maybe it's a friend. I don't know. Just pick someone. But first of all, I, I want to help you just break free of the hurt from being hurt. You know, you need to realize that people who hurt you, they're not always thinking about you when they hurt you. Most of the time, they hurt you because they're hurt themselves deep down inside. So remember that. Remember that the person who's hurting you, they're probably suffering too. And then just acknowledge sin hurts. It's okay to feel hurt. A lot of the time we we try to bury it down, try to forget it, or we might even actually just be embarrassed that we feel hurt in the first place. But stop, stop. It's okay to feel hurt because sin hurts. Look to Jesus instead when you hurt. He knows what it's like to be hurt. Listen to this from Hebrews 4. This is verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and grace and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus shares our hurt, so we can come to him and know that he understands us. And in heaven, he's going to make everything right. So lean on Jesus. But how do we actually move forward with forgiveness? So there's four steps. First, look at your own sin. You have a lot in common with the people that hurt you. You know what that is? You both were in debt to God. And God has forgiven you both. It means you're not often as innocent as you think you are. Maybe think about how you have contributed to the hurt. But also have empathy for the people who hurt you. And hopefully when you hurt them, which inevitably you will, hopefully they'll have empathy for you too. So look at your own sin. Second step, be amazed at the undeserved costly forgiveness you have in Jesus Every sin, every betrayal, every offense towards God has been wiped away by the blood of Jesus. Every single one of them. And it cost Jesus everything. He had to die to forgive you. You don't deserve that. It's insane. Romans 8 starts with the words, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. You're no longer under condemnation. And Jesus suffered so much for us to get that. 
and that Christian who hurt you, they're also not under condemnation anymore. God forgave them too. This is what helps us forgive from the heart. Being amazed at the undeserved, costly forgiveness we have in Jesus. When someone doesn't come through on a promise, you have forgiveness in Jesus. When your friends talk about you behind your back, you have forgiveness in Jesus. When your parents divorce and one has to leave, you have forgiveness in Jesus. Be amazed. Forgive the people that hurt us. Third step, remember God's sovereignty. He's in control of the people who hurt you, of the person who hurt you. And he works all things for the good of those who love him. So trust him. He works all things, even the pain. You you might not understand or even know why something happened to you the way that it did. But what we do know is that God loves you. And he means it for your good. So remember God's sovereignty. And finally, decide to treat them as if they hadn't sinned against you. If you trust Jesus, God doesn't treat you as if you've sinned. So be like God. Don't hold other people's sin against them, even when they hurt you. Treat them as if they hadn't. This has to come from the heart, though. It's the only way for this to work. You can't say... Okay, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to like you. Like, that's not from the heart. We need to have each other's backs here. We're a forgiven family, and so we need to forgive each other from our hearts. Now, the last thing I want to say is, some of you are still under this debt. Some of you God hasn't forgiven because you haven't asked Him to forgive you. Now, right now, I want to give you the chance to do that, to ask him for forgiveness. You're not going to go to heaven by being a decent person. The only way is to ask Jesus to forgive. Do you believe that you haven't treated God the way he should be treated? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead? Do you believe that when we die, we'll either go to heaven or hell? If you believe all those things, then what's stopping you from asking him tonight, right now? I'm going to give you a few moments right now to think in your head, what's stopping me? If the answer is nothing, then I want you to become a Christian tonight and ask him for forgiveness. Join our forgiven family. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds right now. Have a think. What's stopping me? Now, if the answer is nothing, then trust Jesus tonight. Make that decision right now to trust Jesus. Join our forgiven family. For those who are, who have, or who will tonight ask Jesus to, to forgive and to trust Jesus, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for all of us that we're a forgiving family. Pray with me. Father, you have forgiven us so much. 
we're so undeserving. We've turned our backs on you. But you love us so much that Jesus, your son, died instead of us. God, help us to be forgiving like you are. Help us to to love our Christian brothers and sisters, to not hold their sin against them when they hurt us, to remember just how, how amazing the death of Jesus is for us. Help us remember that. And Father, for those tonight who have decided to ask you for forgiveness, God, thank you so much for them. Thank you for forgiving them. And thank you that they've joined our family of the forgiven. Help us all to forgive each other. Help us all to have each other's backs. For your glory, God. Amen. Now tonight, there's two questions I want you to think about while you hang out. One is, what is stopping you? If you haven't decided yet, what is stopping you? Ask each other that. The other one is, if you are a Christian, ask each other, what are the next steps you need to take to forgive someone specifically? Thanks, guys.